father's table, an introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives. Yo, man, we on. Welcome to the Father's Table. Welcome back. I'm your host, Keith, and I have a very special guest with me tonight. Um, his name is Reginald Harris. His nickname is Top. Um, it's just a little bit about Top. Uh, we went to the same college together. We went to Delaware State University, and we both joined the same fraternity. Hornets! Camp Alpha Psi. <laughs> Yo, baby! Um, he is. Uh, he studied at DSU. He studied business. Um, and he also got his master's from DSU. He's a very accomplished gentleman. Also, he currently works at New York, New York Life, right? And um, he's been doing outreach and he does community programs. And currently, he's on the board of Still Strong Foundation. And he's also a mentor of the youth in various communities. communities. So... Without further ado, Top, say hello to the audience. Everybody, how you doing out there? <laughs> um, so basically, welcome to the Father's Table. We discuss our fathers, our relationships with them, how they shaped us as young men. Um, so let's get started. So the first thing I like to do with the guests on the show, I like to ask them to close their eyes. Take three deep breaths, and when you're done, tell me what comes to mind when you think about your father. How would you describe him? If you feel comfortable, you could start with his name, but yes. describe him. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of my dad is crazy. My dad is a, a very funny guy. He's not funnier than me, but he's hilarious. Um, my father is a, a good guy, man. He has a, he had me young. My mom was, what, 16? I think my dad was 17. Um, some stuff he did that I don't think he really knew even how to be like a man at that point, you know, at 18, 19 years old. So I don't hold that um, stuff against him. So my stay with my father was very short at a young age because, you know, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And um, after we left Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we moved to actually Monterey, California. Then we moved back to Milwaukee again. Then we moved back to California, um, to Monterey. My mom worked on the military base with her best friend. I think her name was Lisa. Um, but my dad, man, my dad was, uh, my dad's never beat me. Um, my dad, I don't even think my dad is, I can't remember my dad even yelling at me, to be honest. Even when I used to go back to the summers and, you know, go visit him and stuff like that. Like, my dad's never hit me. He's never beat me. Um, he's actually also, which is the thing that I'll talk, I'll get into, is he's actually never told me no. Mm. Now, that's a good and bad thing, because he never told me no. But he also hasn't come through on a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he actually hasn't came through on a lot of stuff. So, um, do you, uh, just a quick, do you mind if I go live? It won't be on you, it'll be on... Oh, know. yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Go live, man. For right. sure. All right, so let me get that set up real quick before we start. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, so my dad, um, <laughs> he's just a crazy guy, man. Yeah, I want to get into that about how you said 
your mother and your father had you early on. Yeah, six, I think my mom was 16 and my dad was 18. And you said the early part, you didn't see much of them? No, I'm saying, you know, I was like two, three years old. But I have a very great memory from when I was young. Like, I remember my dad, like, I remember my grandma braiding my hair. I remember, uh, I remember, um, <laughs> there's like this uh, mall in America. I, I don't know what it's called, Madison Mall or something like that. But there's all these bears in the mall. And I remember going to the mall with my mother. And I had to be like two years old. And uh, I asked to go see these bears. She told me to wait a second. So I'm like, all right, you know, all right, cool, whatever. Um, of course, I didn't see those exact words. I was two years old. But anyway, she walked into some type of store. She told me to hold on a second. I walked off on her. I'm going to go see the bears. And she was looking all over for me. Oh, man. <laughs> she failed me with the cop. She, like, grabbed me. She didn't shake me hard. But she's like, don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever leave without my... So I got a lot of memories with my, you know, parents and stuff like that. I know um, my dad used to always give me money to go to, like, the corner store and stuff like that. Initially... My uh, grandparents were well off. Um, they actually owned a uh, building that had like a store, uh, like a little convenience store, like a little corner store or whatever. Um, that also had a barbershop in it and it had like three apartments and we stayed, we occupied one of the apartments. Um, What's your dad? Your dad wasn't living with you guys? Yeah, yeah, my dad was living with us. My dad oh, and my mom, yeah, so. he was living with us. Yeah, he was living with us. So um, we did that and uh, my dad... He got locked up for something. He actually just actually, I thought he got locked up for like drugs or something like that. I know he did sell drugs for a little minute, um, but I, I can't. I don't think he got locked up for drugs. He got locked up for something else. I can't quite remember. But anyway, he went to jail. So once my dad went to, you know, was incarcerated. You know, um, me and my mother went. How long to, did he go to jail? <clears throat> I don't even remember that one. Maybe like a year. Okay. Maybe like a year, two years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But my dad just historically is, uh, he hasn't went to jail for a long time, but then I guess like two years ago, he went to jail mm. a couple of times here and there for child support. Not for me, but you know, younger siblings and stuff like that. Um, he, uh, but yeah, man, my dad, me and my dad's relationship is good, man. Like my dad has an iPhone now. We FaceTime all the time. That's cool. Um, one good thing I can say about him is that he, uh, <laughs> my dad is hilarious, y'all. He um he's he's told me he loved me. He tells me I never I can never recall a time where my dad has not told me he loved me. We're talking if we're talking for two seconds, mm-hmm. twenty minutes, two hours, three hours. Like I just I don't I can't never remember my dad saying. Gotcha. And in the conversation about saying you love me. So, when your dad was incarcerated, how old were you? I had to be probably like two, three years old. And I guess did that ruin the relationship between your mother and him? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she was like, "I'm done with yeah, this." Yeah, yeah, she was. She was done with that or whatever. My dad, uh, like I said, he wasn't the best man at yeah. that point or whatever. So you know, he hit my mother a few times and stuff like that or whatever. Um, so and like, I, I don't, I don't hold that against him because, like I said, he was yeah. 18, 19 when that stuff happened, man. So um, a lot of stuff I had to forgive my dad for, right? And because uh, I had a chip on my shoulder, I just didn't think he was the man that he needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, let's get into that. We'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. All right. uh, so, you and your mother, just you two, and you're growing up. Take me through like your relationship with him, like in elementary school. Yeah. So we we uh so we were in we moved to Monterey, California. My mother met my stepfather, and um, we moved to Delaware. So we drove three days. 
we moved from Monterey, California to Delaware. And I think I was in kindergarten here and then we moved there and then I ended up being in kindergarten again or something like that or something crazy like that. I'm getting the timelines mixed up. But uh, yeah, so um, I didn't see my dad when I was five or when I was six. My parents got married when I was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so that summer, that's when I started to go see my dad again. Like I started to go see my dad for like the summers and stuff like that. Right. But okay. he was like, he would like call on the phone. I would talk to him like on the phone and stuff like that. But as far as like visually like seeing him once in a blue moon, like I know my aunt got married. I seen him then. And then I think my aunt had a baby. We went to go see him then. And then I was that my mom's sister. Um, but yeah, when I was in Milwaukee, I would go see my dad then and stuff like that. But And you have a stepfather. Yeah. Now, how's your relationship with him in that period growing up? You said what? I'm sorry. How? Somebody said why that? I'm following. I don't know. If- <laughs> Go ahead. I must be. Top is on his phone, so he he's he's a social media mogul in the making. He's got a lot of followers. He he knows how to work the system. But, I'm sorry. Repeat that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying. Uh, your stepfather. You said your mom got married. Yeah, she got married in 1992, 93. And your. <clears throat> Your relationship with your stepfather blossomed, and you started to see him as your father. Uh, I, I, I pretty much have like two, as you could say, like two dads or whatever. You know, um, my stepfather. I definitely gave him a hard time growing mm. up. You know what I mean? Like I wanted my mom and my dad to still be together, which I'm glad she didn't do that. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad. Like when I'm younger, I'm thinking like I want my mom and my dad to be together, but like I'm as I got older, I'm like, nah, she didn't need that. We needed to get far as far away from Milwaukee as possible. Not a bad. I mean, just a bad area. Um, yeah, a lot of. I mean, that's understandable. Like, You're yeah, young. my stepdad, father. I mean, we had a good relationship. Me and my stepdad had a good relationship, like early, like yeah. in early years, and that's I started like developing like a personality because I was more of a loner. Because um, we moved around so much, so I didn't really have time to like sit and like have make friends and different things like that. We were in Milwaukee, California. Moved back to Milwaukee. Moved back to California. And then from California to Delaware. Then we're in like the city in Delaware. Then we're like in the suburbs of Delaware. So I'm switching schools and stuff like that. So I never really sat still enough time to like really like make friends and stuff like that. So. Yeah. It, it sounds like at a young age, you had to deal with a lot of transitions, especially mm-hmm. for a young child. New places, new faces. You know, you know who your dad is, but then there's a new guy. So you're trying to learn him. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to adapt this relate to this relationship too. Yeah. And it's like... Is it working? Is it not working? Um, it's a lot of changes for a young man to go through at a young time. Absolutely. Uh, so, middle school, high school, how how was your relationship with your stepfather and your biological father? You said high school? Uh, uh, middle school slash oh, middle school. So, middle school, school I, I was going to see my dad every summer from seven years old to about 14. So my seventh grade summer, that's when I decided to like uh, play sports and stuff like that. So I was playing like summer league and stuff like that. So I stopped going to see my dad in like the seventh grade, my seventh grade summer. Because in the summertime, I was trying to play ball, get ready for high school and stuff like that. Thought I was going to grow and all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> get a scholarship and all that. So, um, but uh, yeah, so I just, you know, my, uh, my relationship with my dad was, was, was cool. Um, I went to go see him every summer, stayed with my grandmother and all that stuff like that. My dad stayed down the street because he worked like during the day and my grandmother was like a homemaker and stuff like that so I stayed in those summers you in those summers you had a chance to really bond with him 
Yeah, yeah, me and my dad, we kick it, we go go-karting, cool. batting cages, all that stuff. I love baseball, so he was always taking me to do something with, like, baseball and stuff like that. Take me to, like, a B-Wars game and all that stuff like that, so. Oh, okay. And what about your stepfather at this time? Me and my stepfather was cool, too. Oh, yeah, that, okay. Me and my stepfather was cool. Um, I think, mm, we just had, like, like little spouts at times. Like, you know, like, sometimes I was, I guess I would have that anger in me, like, you ain't my pop. You ain't my dad. Like, you know what I mean? Which wasn't cool because he was taking care of me. He's paying the bills and there. He's providing and stuff like that or whatever. But also, it's the way that he went about things or the way that he said things, you know? So I just felt like every time he came home, he was always, like, complaining about something. It was always, like, something. Like, nothing was ever good enough for him. So I found myself, like, trying to, like, please him. And then it felt like nothing was ever, like, good enough. So then I got to the point, like, nigga, I don't... <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't need to... I don't need to, to please you, like... I'm going to be the best version of myself, and I'm comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And I knew myself at a young age, so I never had to, um, you know, like, I never really tried to, like, fit in with people. I was always just, people just always like, gravitated towards me, you know? Mm. So I started, like, knowing who I was, especially at that age. Like, I pretty much was in my comfort zone, like, first grade. That's when I started being, like, funny. Now I was settled in. I could make friends and stuff like that. And that's when I started to flourish. I started getting into sports and all that stuff. But, like, my stepdad... He just uh, went about things the wrong way. Some of the stuff he was teaching me as I got older, I understood. Like, I just moved to California and just learned how to cook, mm-hmm. which I should have been learned how to cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that stuff he was trying to teach me back in the day. I spent a lot of money. I'm spending dang near $30,000 a year on eating out, mm-hmm. which is terrible. I'm eating out breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, whatever. Just because yeah, I was making decent money. money and stuff like that. Or whatever. But anyway, you know, but the middle school phase, that was... That was cool. That was a that was a cool phase, man. That's when I started getting into girls and stuff like that. I really never had a conversation about like sex or nothing like that. Like So what did so you the conversation with girls, right? Where where did the instruction or if any came from for like how to approach a woman, approach a girl, <laughs> if you liked her, did you take yeah. her on a date? Yeah. Like a girlfriend, what yeah. did that mean? What did that look like? Yeah, so my dad, I mean, at an early age, when I used to go visit my dad, um, my dad was all for it. Like, he's like telling me to like go talk to these. I think one of the first girls I ever got their number was like a 16 year old, and I was like 11 or 12. <laughs> so, <laughs> my dad, I was like, man, she looked good. He was like, man, go holler at her. I'm like, man, I ain't go holler at her. She's like 16. I'm like 11, 12 years old. <laughs> He's like, man, so what, man? He with the R, you know, the R Kelly, age ain't nothing but a number. He's like, man, go holler at her. I'm like, all right, cool. So he put the battery in my back. I wanted to go holler at her, whatever. But I think what I did, oh, I lied to her about my age. Mm-hmm. I lied to her about my age. I think I told her I was like 14 or something like that or whatever. Mind you, I'm sure. But anyway, so she, I told her I was 14 years old. So I got a number and I told my dad what I said to her and stuff like that. And my dad was like, um, he said, yo, man, don't ever lie to a woman. He's like, don't ever lie to, and I'm pretty sure he lied, but anyway, he was telling me not to do that. <laughs> but uh, he was like, don't ever lie to a woman. Like, if somebody, not even just a woman, but if somebody don't like you for who you are, then just forget them. If you're 12, you're 12. Don't say you're 14 or 15. If you're 12, you're 12. You gonna like me because I'm 12, or you're not gonna like me because I'm 12, no matter who it is. So after that, I'm like, dang, you know what? My dad, like, always instilled that confidence in me, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, dang, all right, cool. All right, my clothes was a little fly, you know, that stuff like that. So I had that confidence at a young age. And my dad was like, then after that, I was just on the tear. Like, and that's when you get people a number, you got to write it down, put it on a piece of paper and stuff like that or whatever. Um, 
So, uh, but yeah, my dad definitely gave me the confidence. He definitely taught, taught me how to holler at the chicks, though. So okay. Yeah. And what about your stepfather? Did they stepdad? Did they have really like uh, opposing views on? Nah, my stepdad is re- very um, laid back, man. Like he's like very like hands off. You know, he was in the military and stuff like that. So it's like I don't even know how to explain. Like my dad, my stepdad is just very like laid back. Like I don't even, I can't even count on one hand how many times my stepdad and my mom. Have like argued, you know what I mean? Like my stepdad is kind of like, right, very like quiet, mild mannered guy for real. Um, gotcha. But we never talked about like women or nothing like that or whatever. Do you feel like you could have went to him, or your relationship wasn't there? No, nah, I didn't feel comfortable. We never talked about it. Like he never brought it to my attention. He never had. I never had that. Like which most kids, especially black kids, if they even have a father in the household, they're not having that conversation. Like they're not being talked to about sex for real. You know, and that was something that was key because, you know, things happen and stuff like that. <laughs> you oh, know? yeah. Are you trying to get sexually active? Like, you know, I lost my virginity in seventh grade. I didn't really know what was going on and stuff like that. And Did you tell your dad? Uh, I don't think I told my dad. I don't. I know I told my, I know I, the first person I told was my one of my best friends, Joe Brown. And uh, I told him, I'm like, yeah, you know, I lost my virginity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, dang, man, you lost it before me. I'm like, you know, whatever, but like, you know, the, the, the condom I broke, so I was kind of scared too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, dang, the first time I was like, the condom break, and now I think, you know what I mean? Like, what could happen or whatever? But nothing ended up happening and stuff like that. But, um, and then like, once I got to like high school, um, I think I had sex probably like once or twice my ninth grade year. And then my 10th grade year, when I got my car, it was on. <laughs> it was on. It was on. Like, I would go in, and then at this time, you could go pick up chicks, you could go, you know, um, Take them out or whatever, and then, you know, just whatever afterwards, you know? So, like, high school, transitioning into college, you had a car, going to college, knew how to talk to girls, had some sort of Talk to people, of, period. Like, that, that, oh, that, people, that, right. that situation with my dad telling me that, that just built my confidence. Like, I, right. I am who I am. You're going to like me for who I am or you're not. And my dad also told me, which uh, I still hold to the day, like, people are going to talk about you whether you do good or bad, so you might as well just do good. So I just took that and just ran with it, to be honest. And that was at a young age he told me that. So I'm like, dang, all right, you know, that's, I still remember that stuff. I still remember the conversations. I got a great memory. Like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, so I remember right. everything, you know? So, so when, you're in, when you went to college, went to DSU, how was your relationship with him? Then, was my it was dad still or my stepdad. both both? Well, my stepdad, I don't know. My stepdad was probably one of the happiest people in the world that I was going to college. Because <laughs> like my mom's side of the family, nobody went to college. My dad's side of the family, I don't think nobody went to college. Maybe one person. And my stepdad's side of the family, nobody went to college. So I was like the first person with all three families, which are huge family. Every single one of the families are huge. Like my dad is like eight of them. My stepdad is nine all boys. My mom is a whole bunch of them. Um, so like, but nobody went to college. So I was like the first kid, first to go to college. And uh, my stepdad was like so happy for me that I was going to college. I don't know if he was happy because I was leaving the house or he was happy because I was trying to further my education. But my stepfather was very happy. Like he got me a cell phone. He was like, yo, don't worry about nothing, man. If you need whatever, man, I got you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that year my mother had got sick with uh, lupus and she ended up losing her job. And, um, the freshman year was cool. And uh, my dad 
he didn't really send me no money. You know what I mean? I needed when I needed some money, he really didn't send me. But what really gave me a sour taste in my mouth was my sophomore year. My mom had lost her job, you know, fast and all that stuff. They go off like your previous year, um, salary and stuff like that. So the previous year, my parents were doing good, but that year, my um, my mom wasn't working, mm-hmm. and um, it just was tough. Like I didn't have no room. I got purged, <laughs> so I ain't had no room. I ain't had no meal. The plan. dreaded purge. <laughs> so you know, yeah, getting purged, man, just getting purged and stuff like that from the university. And I'm like, I'm not going home. Like I ain't have no room. I ain't have no meal plan. But I'm like, I'm not going home because I felt like if I went home, I wasn't going to make it. And then also, yeah. I had like eight o'clock classes. There was no way I was going to go from. Newark, Delaware, all the way to Dover, Delaware, for an eight o'clock class. Did you reach out to your father in that? In yeah, that I moment? reached out to my dad. What, I told him. I told my input? dad what happened and stuff. I think my mom more so spoke to him. Yeah, it was my mom that more so spoke to him. But my dad just didn't like. A, he probably didn't have it. But B, the main thing was like I needed him to co-sign for me. You know, and I don't know if my dad is always mysterious. You don't know if he's working or he's not working or whatever. But he's always like the flyest dude ever. He always got new sneaks, new sweatsuits. Even still to the day. But anyway, I asked my dad, um, <clears throat> can you, um, you know, start sending me some money? Because mind you, I don't got no meal plan. And my mom not working. My stepdad's trying to adjust with my mom not working and stuff like that. And, you know, they got my little brother. And he's in high school and stuff, you know. So, um, Did he send yeah, you the money? He, no, he didn't send he... me a dime. He didn't send me a dime. And uh, that kind of, like, hurt me. I'm like, damn, like, I'm out here trying to further my life. And you're not even going to send me $20, $50? And that kind of turned me too. It's like, you know, I'm in college. I'm like, I had a little bit of money and stuff like that, but I got I had a real bad gambling problem. Mm. And I gambled because I'm like, I can't, I only got this amount of money. This is not the type of money that's going to sustain my lifestyle. Now, my mom and them, they still gave me money. They would give me $30 here, $50 there, $100 there, stuff like that, which was cool, but I like to look nice. I like new clothes. I like new shoes. I like hats. I like all that stuff then. And I, back then, I was getting my hair braided. <laughs> So, um, but I like that stuff. I like the, I, I, I like that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, man, that just kind of hurt me. And then I asked my grand, my, my mom asked my grandfather, could he co-sign for me? And at the moment I was upset, but I get it. That's not really my grandfather's responsibility for him to co-sign for me for a loan. And just to say, if I didn't pay it back or whatever, but I was the only grandchild going to college and that kind of like hurt me. I'm like, damn, I know I'm out of sight, out of mind. but like, damn, y'all don't love me. Like y'all not even looking out for me. Like, and then my dad was telling people that he was sending me money. So I went to go visit him, I think like my sophomore year or junior year, and he was, I'm like, I had to, I had to pretty much embarrass him. I'm like, yo, I don't, my dad don't send me nothing. He ain't never sent me nothing. I think the last thing my dad sent me was a pair of Space Jam Jordans my sophomore year in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Besides child support, you know? So, and my mom never even took the child support. My mom always gave me the child support check. So like middle school, high school, I was like, Going shopping every week, Tommy, Nautica, Polo, gas, oh, so, all that stuff like that. So, I so your told, mom, I got that all the way up to uh, eighteen. So you, oh, so your mom did put your dad on yeah, child my dad, support. My dad was paying child support, but she just gave you the money. Yeah, she and, gave me the money. She gave me the money. So I got the. I think it came like every two weeks or something like that. She gave me the money. I go to the mall, tear them all up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but uh, my mom wasn't one of those moms that's like trying to keep the child support check. She get it, cash it. Give me the money and I go do what I got to do or whatever. So. Now, you said you had a gambling problem in college. Yeah. Do you, did, you, did your father have a gambling problem or any one, of, any one of them? Nah, neither one of them had a gambling problem. My stepdad didn't gamble. Um, my dad didn't really gamble. Um, and I did, I did, I did learn how to shoot dice when I went to go visit my cousins in Milwaukee. I learned how to shoot dice from them. 
like craps and all that stuff like that. And then when we got to Dell State, that's what it was. You know, you go to HBCU, you shooting dice, or and I had to figure out like, well, what am I gonna be good at to make money out here? I can't cut hair. I'm not gonna sell drugs. So I had like a little job across the street at Legends my freshman year, but I was paying like six dollars and like fifteen cents an hour. So I had to work so many hours just to get a three hundred dollar paycheck. So I'm like, man, I can't keep doing this. So anyway, uh, long story short, I didn't know anything about college. I, I didn't even go to freshman orientation. I got to Dell State like the day before classes started. I didn't know where anything was at or none of that stuff. I moved in and I tried to work as much as I could before I, um, I got there. And um, I got a job on the spot at Legends because I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods. And um, I had my boss at Dick's write me a letter because I'm like, what's going to separate my resume from everybody else's that's putting resumes in? So I had a cover letter and I got a letter of recommendation with a resume and gave it to the guy at Legends. Mm-hmm. He was like, whoa. He said, uh, when can you start? I said, yesterday. He started laughing. <laughs> once, you get people laugh, once you get people laughing, it's a, it's a wrap. So I got in there and I was number I was number two. I was number two in sales twice. My first week there and my last week there. Every week there, I was number one in sales at, at, uh, at um, Legends Sporting Goods in Dover Mall. So, but I quit that when I went to winter break because I didn't know that you couldn't stay on campus for winter break. So I had to go home. And also I was, Dick's let me come back for like the winter or whatever. And um, I was making seven hours an hour. It's just simple math, you know, so. What's one thing I've always admired about you is uh, your work ethic. You talk about it a lot. We've sit down, we have multiple conversations, car rides. We talk about business, your work ethic, your drive. Now, did you see that growing up from like a male model or has there been a, a, a culmination of different things? Um, I think uh, I remember me and my mom struggling a lot when I was when I was younger, like when my dad got locked up and stuff like that. I remember me and my mom struggling like we had to sleep on people's couches. We had to sleep on floors like we lived in the projects. We lived in the hood. And a lot of people don't even know it's the difference between the projects and the hood. But that's something for another time, but it's the difference between the projects and the hood. We lived in everything you could think of imaginable. Like me and my mom at one point were staying in the car. And I used to be embarrassed to tell that story until about four years ago. I was speaking at a school and you know, God just led me to tell, share that information. But um, that, seeing me and my mom get kicked out, seeing people treat my mom bad and stuff like that, that just pit like a, a, a fire in me. And I just said, I gotta do everything possible for, um, excuse me, um, sorry, man, take your time. <clears throat> yeah, uh, but, um, yeah, I decided to do everything possible, man, so nobody would, uh, ever kick my mom out or kick me out. Yeah. So my mom was ultimately my, uh, my motivation. Yeah. And, um, everything I do is, of course, for God, but. Also, for my mother. Yeah. And um, I just had to get it to a point where, like, where nobody can ever kick us out of anywhere again. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And now I'm to that point now where, you know, I'm not there yet where I can take care of my mother's bills and stuff like that. But, because, um, you know, California's expensive. Oh, um, yeah. I just wanted is. to get to that point, man. I just gave me the hunger. My stepdad was a hardworking man. My mom was a hardworking woman. Uh, my dad, um, he worked and stuff like that, but I didn't really see it on a daily basis. But my stepdad worked like hard labor, five, six days a week. He was in the military and stuff like that. Um, but that really didn't like motivate me. It really was my mom like seeing us getting kicked out of places or having to move house to house and being homeless, living in the car. Um, 
Yeah. That stuff fueled me. And I don't regret none of that. Like, I didn't want to tell them stories because I didn't want nobody to ever look at my mom like she was a bad mom. She did the best she could. She had me at 16. Well, she had, yeah. You know? So, I mean. A lot of parents, you know, me being a new parent, a lot of parents just do the best. Well, I'll say this. I believe parents ought to do the best they can with what they have. Uh, If you're not, then you're really putting that child, your children, behind the eight ball uh, if you're not at least trying to do something. And it sounds like your mom loved you very much, loves you very much, and did everything in her power to, to, to give you the opportunities and put you in a position to make something uh, out of your life. So going back to college, I mentioned that you went to Dell State, you joined the fraternity, you graduated Dell State and got a master's. Yeah. They paid for me to get my master's. Delaware State paid for me to get my master's. That's why I went back to Delaware State. So that was another thing too. I went to I was uh somebody was using my social security number before I went to uh uh college. And my mom thought it would have been my dad or something like that. But it was some like weird stuff. Like somebody with like the same name and the person had died, born in the same hospital, some weird stuff like that. I had a Milwaukee social security number. Now I have like a Delaware social security number. Wow. And um yeah, man, all the colleges I applied to coming out of Newark High School, I had to reapply. So I got into Delaware State. Like, my basketball coach knew somebody that was, like, on the board or something like that at Delaware State. And that's how I kind of, like, put all my paperwork in, like, at the last minute and got into Delaware State at the last minute. But I was trying to go to Temple or, like, North Carolina or something like that or whatever. But those schools were really expensive. So, um, but Temple was, like, the ideal school that I wanted to go to. So <laughs> I had to reapply to all those schools. So I got into Delaware State a month later after my freshman year. Uh, my mom called me and was like, hey, um, Temple sent you an acceptance letter. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right, cool. I said, well, I'm out. I'm not staying at Dell State. I'm out next semester. <laughs> so my mom my mom said something that was so key to me, which I'm like, why did you tell me that I got accepted? And I can't go. <laughs> but anyway, so my mom tells me, um, she's like, yeah, but uh, you're not leaving? I said, huh? Temple's the school I wanted to go to. I didn't want to go to Delaware State. You know, and she was like, no, nah, you're going to stay there. <laughs> she said, uh, but my mom said the realest thing ever to me, man. Um, she said, and my mom is not, edu- my parents aren't educated or anything like that. But my mom told me, she said, son, if you're going to make it, you can make it out of any school. I'm like, you know what? That's really profound. I was bad still, but it was really profound. But I'm like, dang, you know what? I can make it out of any school. And mm-hmm. I made it out of De- Delaware State. And I'm going to keep on making it out of Delaware State. And I'm setting my mark on the world. And. I don't ever, ever, ever regret going to Delaware State. I kind of wish I would have went somewhere different from my master's, but I don't ever regret going to Delaware State. I'm at you. I'm at a whole bunch of people at Delaware State. They had me catapult my career. So I don't regret that at all. But, yeah, that stuff with uh, the father stuff. My dad wasn't really active in my college career like that. I went to go see him a couple of times when I was in college. He did come to my, uh, my graduation. Him and my grandparents came down. My master's, um, it was just like my mom, my little brother, and my aunt. That kind of made me, rub me the wrong way too, because I'm like, damn, my stepdad went to work that day. I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm getting a master's degree. Like, why are you going to work and I'm getting a master's? Like, <laughs> nobody in her family has a master's, and definitely nobody has a master's degree. That should be celebrated. But I didn't trip on it. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. I ain't trip on it. I still think about it. Like, I thought it was crazy. And then my dad, I don't think he had the money to come down, or then my grandparents didn't come down, or nothing like that. But you know, it was like a joyous occasion. At that point, I had graduated with my girlfriend at the time. That I had transferred from Howard to Delaware State. So, it was a cool graduation. Do you think, with like missing important dates, 
or like things like that. Do you think he probably just wasn't aware? Nah, that stuff haunts you. People know that. Like my my dad told me he was coming to my uh, my high school graduation, and I told like all my friends, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna meet my dad. My dad coming back. I meet my dad coming up here for the Midwest. Da 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 da. Yada yada yada. And nowhere to be found. Like, and I would like as I got older, I used to tell him like he used to like disappear around like my birthday and stuff like that because he thought I was gonna ask for something or whatever. And then I got older, I'm like, bro, you don't gotta disappear. Like, I don't need nothing from you now. I got everything I need. Like, you, I got when he didn't show up after you told all your friends he would come. What did you say to him? Like, hey, what I, I never even brought it up again. It was like he knew he didn't show up. Like, he know he didn't show up. So it was like. Typical stuff like he always don't say he gonna send me something and don't send it. And then my mom is so classy, my mom would try to cover for my dad. And my mom would be like, "Oh yeah, your dad sent this to you." But as I got older, I realized that it wasn't my dad sending it to me. Because mm. my dad sent me something that would come with like a UPS package or UPS joint or whatever. So then I think of it, I'm like, "All right, well, man, this ain't no UPS." Package. I didn't care because I had it. I'm like, "Oh, all right, my dad got me this." But my dad didn't get it from me. My mom covering from my dad. You know what I mean? And then he would still be like, you know, at times disrespectful to my mom and stuff like that or whatever. But my mom's a classy woman, man. You know, great, great woman or whatever. But their relationship is cool. Like my dad and my mom's relationship is cool. Like, you know, that's good. Day or whatever. They, they cordial with each other. Yeah. So just, you know, wind it down a little bit. You moved out here to California. You're doing well in your business. Praise God. And you reference God. Now, Take me through that. How did your faith grow as a young man? And did, was, is your father religious or your stepfather nah, religious? No, nah, neither one of them are. Um, and I don't really believe in religion. I believe in a relationship. Um, but growing up, my mom my mom was in the church. When we first got to Delaware, she was in the church. We were going to A Street Baptist Church. Um, what's his name? Uh, ben, ben Bullock. He's a Q at Delaware State. And oh yeah, dad, Ben. Yeah, I mean, his, dad was, actually, him, his uh... dad was actually our first pastor. You know, his dad's his dad, a pastor. His dad, Christopher Bullock. That was our. It was A Street Baptist Church. That was the first church we went to when we moved to Delaware. Oh wow! I didn't know that till like twenty years later. Because I'm a little older than Ben, so I don't even know if he was born at that time. I, I used like to call him Q from day twenty six. I used to say <laughs> yeah, he'd be like Q. Q. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, uh, my mama still died in us, and then. Um, I got a good friend named uh, Gary Kennedy. Um, his dad was in the church. They were going to Sunday school, so they moved in our neighborhood. They were going to Sunday school, so I started going to Sunday school with them. Then he stopped going, but I still kept on going. And then, like, um, my mom started making my little brother go. So me and my little brother were going to Sunday school pretty much almost every Sunday. But I actually liked it. I loved it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even have a Bible at first, and I think I went for, like, 30 weeks in a row. <laughs> it was like, this kid who keeps on coming to Sunday school. He only got no Bible. So they like gifted me a Bible, like my name engraved in it and everything like that. So um, that was pretty cool. But that's when I started to get into like, the, you know, spirituality. I got saved. I think what, 1996? I got saved in 1996. So I stopped celebrating like Halloween and stuff like that. And then when I got to middle school, I stopped wearing like jewelry. I never wear like a lot of jewelry. I had like earrings and stuff like that. I took my earrings Oh, you, your your relationship started to progress. About, six, about fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, change, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. So, so did you ever talk to your dad about your faith? Like, hey, dad. Uh, no, not really. I know my dad wasn't really into that stuff like that. My grandfather and my grandmother were really in the church. And my grandfather was a deacon mm. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Like they grew up. Like my dad and I grew up in the church. Like, oh, the whole okay. family. Like my dad grew up. Well, in the why church. do you think your dad isn't into it? He just. Like black sheep, for, like he just 
everything good he strays from. Right. Mm. You know, but he knows word, and he's actually very. He has a prophetic gift in him that I don't even think he knows he has because he says some stuff that, you know, Prophet Anthony told me stuff like that. I'm like, damn, my dad said this. <laughs> He'd be giving me some good gems, man. My dad would throw some stuff out there and just, uh, like he said to me a couple, I think off topic, but he said to me a couple months ago, he was like, yo, man, son, he said, I'm proud of you, man. And he said that, you know, you're going some places and he said, the places that you're going, everybody can't come. Everybody can't come. And I, I held on to that. I'm like, dang, you're like, you gonna have some friends that you really want to help out and you really want to put them on, but you just can't, they just can't come. Like everybody can't come. Everybody won't make it. And you can't take everybody with you. And I used to be like the meaning that we all we got. Like my little brother and my mom got it tatted on them. I don't have any tattoos, but they got it tatted on them. If I wasn't going to get a tattoo, I probably would get that, you know? But um, that's our family creed. We all we got. We all we need. And uh, yeah. I hold that. I want to, you know, with me and my friends and family. I hold a lot of my friends close to me too because we don't have family in Delaware like that, you know? So, but uh, yeah, my dad's faith was not... Oh, he I started to go to church again. And at this point, I just like try to keep him motivated and encouraged. And it's like, I like to motivate and encourage people. But it's like, if I can't encourage and motivate my own family, how can I try to encourage and motivate people outside? I don't want my family to ever to say like, oh, well, he's doing all this for other people, but he ain't doing it for us. They can never say that. Even like I had seen the tickets to like the Sixers game. I take my family to the game before I take anybody else to the game. So my family can never say, oh, well, he took all these other people to the game, but he don't ever take us. I never want to be that guy. Even for like my future kids and wife, like, Family and then well God family, then everybody gotcha. else. So, uh, so last question: If there was something that you can change about your you and your father's relationship, what would it be and why? Honestly, yo, I wouldn't change anything about my me and my father's relationship. Me and my dad, or me and my stepdad, all that stuff shaped me. Like, the stuff they did well, the stuff that they didn't do, the stuff that I felt like they lacked, that's going to make me a better father. That's making me good for my future kids, well, my future wife and my future kids. No, I'm talking about right now, currently. Not in the past. Like, if they're, like your relationship with your father right now, if you can change something about it as it stands right now, what would it be and why? Or if you just Oh, yeah. It. Well, I want my, all my family to move to Delaware. I, want, I mean, I'm sorry. I want all my family to move to California. Like, my goal is to make it rich here. I have no choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shying away from that. I'm, I'm talking about your father. father. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. My father, my ultimate goal is to get my family here. Stepdad okay. included and my dad. Oh, so my okay. ultimate goal is to get my whole family here. So my dad and my you know stepdad and my mom can go up around their grandkids and stuff like that or whatever. And I'm going to pay all their bills. Well, I mean, a little a little bit more personal. Like, you and him interaction. We would kick it more once they're here. We would kick it more. I would make sure that my dad is eating healthier. I'm pretty sure my dad would be... Not, I can't make him do anything, but I would be very highly in his life, like motivating him to go to church, motivating him to get his faith right. Because at this point, it's like the only thing that matters is what we do for him. Like you're 53 or 55 years old, however my dad is. Like at this point, you just got to live for God because I mean, don't nothing else matter. So you would change the location I would definitely so you and him could spend more time together. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for answering and also top. Thank you for being a part of the Father's Table podcast. Uh, may you have success in your endeavors. Appreciate it. And people, thanks for listening and tuning in. Until next time, this is Keith. Have a good one. Peace. All right.